Welcome to the Urban Farming Podcast. My name is Chris Light. I've been urban farming for about two years now, and, and we really are to get the notion of urban farming as a potential solution to uh, food security on track. So please hit the subscribe button, like us on Facebook, uh, and to send us what you would like to know and understand better about urban farming. This is Chris Light. I'm a podcast for urban farming in South Africa. Uh, very honored to have a very special guest with me. Uh, it's the young Rikelise Reinecke. Uh, Rikelise started with uh, aquaponics. Uh, she actually started her first the f- fish farm when she was 12 years old and uh, she's gone on to extraordinary heights. Uh, Rikalees, you're in matric next year in, uh, in Macy's Weir in Pretoria. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> and how was your year? Well, definitely it was, it was a busy year. Okay. Um, it felt as if I was just running through the year and at the end of the race I was like, wow, did I just made it. Yeah, wow. <laughs> so it was a busy year, but it was also a good year. Oh, great mm. stuff. No. Well, I'm, um, we're actually next week going to talk a little bit more, but I mean, it was a, a year that uh, also had some international shows and you did very well in the science fairs and so on. I'm not going to elaborate too much on that, but I can just think uh, running a, a fish farm and businesses and being at school and being on the metric board and, and everything. Uh, v- good luck for next year. I'm Thank sure you're you. going to make a good Thank success you. of it. <laughs> Rikalees, we, as you know, the the podcast here uh, focuses on um, on on urban farming specifically. The aim is really to get more people aware about the value of using unused urban spaces for for agricultural purposes. And as you know, there, there's quite a lot of methods. There's hydroponics, there's aquaponics, there's aeroponics. There's a, a number of methods that you can grow things, whether it is, you know, balcony farming or pot farming or utilizing your your lawn for a, for a <laughs> market garden. Um, but today we want to speak a little bit about aquaponics specifically. Um, would you mind just maybe introducing your your passion uh where did it come from how did it start why why did how did the interest in aquaponics start well if i can go back as far as five years ago um with a small girl's dream of 12 years i had this passion to save marine life um and that started after i watched the movie dolphin tail and soon i realized that i need to make a difference in fish production or the fish life and etc and so slowly but very suddenly a fish farm occurred and with that there occurred some problems like um, our water quality was too bad and we had to get a solution and one of the solutions was for example aquaponics so um, everything happened accordingly the plan was never to jump in to do aquaponics i didn't even know what that was at the age of 12 but gradually we the, the whole business developed with all the different aspects so that's how aquaponics came into the picture um yes today it's it's a booming business we have four different companies registered 
from aquaponics right through to a shop, even to um, modular aquaponics systems as well as catfish um, hatchery and so. So it's quite diverse, but I think that's the, the best thing of aquaponics. It's not just a certain way that you need to go. There's so many different aspects that can be connected. For instance, you can have a nursery to create seedlings. You can ha um, sell your vegetables. Even with that, you can have an earthworm farm to put the earthworms back in your grow bed. So there's so many different aspects and if you put them all together, it's it's a quite a thriving business. Oh, wonderful. And I mean, there's even a training aspect. And, uh, true, true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, it's a, it's, a, it's a spectacular place. I must have been fortunate to, uh, to visit La Pierre's at a number of occasions. And uh, uh, I was, was still very much at the early stage of, the, of, of aquaponics. And uh, I was very impressed with, uh, uh, you know, your health protocols, you know, washing your hands before you enter certain areas. Uh, and the fact that uh, your, your hatchery is, is off-grid. Uh, so the the energy efficiencies and so on that that you've built on your farm is is, is wonderful. I must must just com congratulate you on Thank that. Thank you. <laughs> um, Lees, all right. So for people that don't know what aquaponics is, let's let's just you know define it as as simple as possible. What how would you describe aquaponics? I would describe it as a combination of fish and plants in one system wh where the water is constantly recirculating between the different aspects, fish and plants. Um, but basically the, the plants can't survive without the fish and the fish can't survive without the plants. For instance, the fish makes the water dirty, that is like fertilizer for the plants. The plants clean the water and the clean water goes back to the fish. So I can go into more detail with all the bacteria that needs to be involved and so, but in the most simplest words, it's fish, plants and water constantly recirculating. Okay, oh, well that's a good definition. Um, I think the, so yeah, in other words, what if we look at, at freshwater fish specifically, is uh, nature is designed in such a way that their waste flows away to the sea. Um, but when you put them in a confined space, that cannot happen. So you, they'll pollute their own, mm. their own environment uh, if you just leave it there. And um, the wonderful component but maybe just out of interest so so if how how does the 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 the, the plants optimize the the fish waste what what maybe explain a little bit in terms of the microbiology there so that is where um, aquaponics can come in you can mm -hmm. either just focus on pure aquaculture which is um the pure folder systems mm -hmm. now if i can describe it you need different stages you need a mechanical folder system um to to filter out the physical solids um, because a, a plant doesn't have a mouth so it can't just eat a whole solid. Um, the solid is being taken out of the water but still there's ammonia and stuff that's built up in the water. Um, so from that it goes to a biological filter where there's bacteria growing in the biological filter. There's even bacteria also growing in the mechanical filter but the biological filter is the main focus of um, excessive amount of bacteria. And in that filter, a lot of surface area is created to, to get even more surface area with more bacteria. Um, and that bacteria helps to break down the, the toxins in the water to a phase where the plants can absorb it. So the plants will not physically absorb the solids, but rather the, the things that's been, let, let me say, um, 
how can I say it? Uh, well, if if I can help there, I mean, in in essence, then there's 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 a couple of important aspects. There's let's just take the ammoniac. Yeah, um, yeah. The uh, uh, the bacterial components, whether it's in your biological filter or in a in an aggregate stone-based growing bed. Yeah, that's where the aquaponics would come in. Would come well. in, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yes. But that that uh, bacteria then breaks up the the the, the nitrates. Mm, and, true, true. And and that's the. Uh, the component that's actually been produced for the plants. For the plants, yeah. yeah. Um, so aquaponics can also be used in a different way. Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily have a mechanical filter and a biological filter in separate filters, but it's rather combined in one. Okay. Um, so, for instance, the aggregate, the rocks, create surface area for good bacteria to grow. But I believe in the rocks, the solids is also solids get entangled somewhere in the rocks mm. or in the plant roots. Now, I know that there's a belief that if there's more solids, it's not clean, they can suffocate the plants, but it's keeping the fish happy, so mm. that's all that matters. The fish <laughs> needs to be happy. Um, so there's a lot of different ways to, to tackle this problem. Mm. I know in some cases people first put a mechanical filter and then the aquaponic system, which is totally fine just to get that solid component out of the water. Mm. But if you if you very high production driven, then I would advise that. But if not, it's alright to have some solids in your aggregate or in another system, mm-hmm. another aqu- uh, aquaponics technique or so. So that is basically the the filtration process of how the solids need to be first broken down into a phase where the plants can absorb the, the broken down fertilizer, mm-hmm. if I can call it that. It's not really fertilizer, mm-hmm. but yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, and, and it, it's, it's, it's actually magical that you, uh, I mean, plants need fertilizer, you know, that unfortunately, if I don't put something back into the ground where mm-hmm. I, uh, uh, where my carrots grew, uh, you know, it's, it's, it, the microbes is going to take a long time to rebuild a, a system, you know, you need you need to introduce to be a sustainable farmer. You need to introduce fertilizer, um, and it's it's in the most farming setups. It's one of your highest cost drivers. Mm. But yeah, you actually make a profit out of your fertilizer <laughs> when you sell That's the fish. True, yeah. you know? So it's it's extremely sustainable. Mm. Um, it's it's maybe also you know just you you quickly refer to I just want to for clarity purposes. Um, Generally, and I, I assume there's probably another. I see Dutch buckets is coming <laughs> into the area, or or, or more, uh, if you look at YouTube and those. But generally, uh, there's three main systems in aquaponics at the moment. It's it's uh, your your deep water culture where your plants lay. Uh, basically, they've got their roots in the water. Uh, then there's NFT, or which most people just says pipes, where um, where your your uh, uh, and and, and uh, NFT, if I'm correctly, it's it's for nutrient film technology. Yeah, nutrient film or flow. Yeah, or flow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, then and and then then aggregate, which is basically the stones or the hydro balls or, or whatever medium you uh, you you use. So it's maybe just maybe important that that the listener understand that that's not used to aquaponics. It is in other words there's no ground mm, involved. True. You don't use soil. Um and that might 
for some people be unnatural, but mm-hmm. the benefit and why it is classified as organic is um, because there's absolutely no insecticides or pesticides or chemicals that can enter the system because then your fish will die. So the fish is basically your nutrient provider and your quality control Mm. uh, manager in the same breath. (laughs) (laughs) Rikulis, all right. So um, I think, you know, for an urban farmer, why why do you think an urban farmer should consider aquaponics? I mean, it's definitely not, um, we're not promoting that as the only (laughs) answer, obviously. But but why specifically do you think it's, it's well worth investigating? If you look at farming in urban areas, um, a lot of people have a small balcony pot or something and there's one or two plants growing in that small area. Well, with aquaponics, it's you can produce a lot on a small scale. I will firstly start with that. Um, you don't need a lot of surface area to plant your vegetables or herbs or whatever. Um, the best thing is Purely because you don't use soil, you can use the the NFT technique or the pipes and you can put it uh, um, up against the, the rail of your balcony. So mm-hmm. you can put four, five or maybe just three pipes um, on the rail and you can circulate the water through there and you can grow your your um, vegetables in that pipes. Um, so firstly, optimizing space. Um, you, le- you use much less water. Um, if you look at the traditional gardening, you have your garden, um, you have your uh, vegetables or herbs, and you need to wet your garden. Now, the water just dissolves into the soil and you never see it again, and in a few hours, the plants are just all welking again and they need water again. Mm-hmm. So, with aquaponics, because the water is constantly circulating, you're reusing the same water over and over and over. And if you have fish in the water as well, the fish is also producing fertilizer for the plants. Um, whereas you use hydroponics, you would add, need to add all the additional um, fertilizers and stuff for the plants, which is also fine. The one will just rather be classified as more organic or with a lower carbon footprint or so. Um, but again, you can optimize space, use less water. Um, the, the warmer, the better. So the warmer it is, the better the plants will grow. So climate change, I can talk a lot about that and go into very depths about that, but I'm not going <laughs> to do that all. Um, so climate change has an effect, but it's controllable. Mm-hmm. If you have your soil, climate change has a definite effect. If, the, if it's not raining or if it's too warm, the plants just die. Mm-hmm. But with aquaponics, if you're doing it in a small scale, even if you have a small greenhouse structure on your um, yard or yeah, so, yeah. you can manage the temperature a little bit and modify so that it is ideal for the plants um further you can with the small space you have you can generate another income if you are only there to produce five salads a week for your household it's still five salads you don't need to go and buy Mm. at a store so it's alternative way easy alternative way to get another income and finally, I can say you definitely learn something else. It's not the, the normal thing that you can plant vegetables in soil, um, waiting, waiting in water daily or so. It's something else to see the plants growing in 
uh, other type technique where water is constantly flowing with fish or additional f um, chemicals, if I can say that. In a hydroponic system. In, in a hydroponic yeah. system. So it's, it's much different, but you still get a very, very good quality crop from the system. And in some stages, you can even get that crop um, qualified or classified as organic. Mm. So it's it's much easier. Also, you have a less um, pace uh, pace on your plants, so it's much mm. easier to control pace. Although, if you have fish, you can't use toxic stuff because it mm. will go back to the fish. But um, yes, the advan advantages goes on and on and on. The only disadvantage I can mention is that aquaponics is a bit costly. Mm. You if you need to put up a structure like the pipes or the aggregate, also. Um, for as traditional farming, it's quite just p get a piece of land, put the seeds in, and it just grows. So that's the, the basically the only disadvantage. But for urban farming, it's not impossible. Mm. It's small enough, manageable. Managed time is about, it depends on how big the system is, but a half an hour, maybe a day, 10 minutes, just looking, making sure mm. everything is still fine. So yes, the list just goes on and on and on of why urban farming and aquaponics can work so good together. I remember um, I was training one of my farmers and uh, uh, he was very skeptical about the, the aquaponics system. And uh, he, he went to, to one of your courses and he came back and he said, you know what, there's no weeding involved. <laughs> <laughs> So, no, there, there's there's a number of benefits, and, and maybe just on on in terms of of like you say, you know, potentially superior uh, crop that that that's developed. Um, uh, and I know you you you're playing a, a, a valuable role in the Aquaponics Association, and and they've certified uh, NFT as uh, through the Heart and Stroke Foundation, and uh, I think cancer mm. as well. So it is extremely healthy crop that that yeah, uh, yeah. urban farmer can can generate. Let, let's maybe just talk about the. Um, you know the difficultness uh, concept. Uh, people have often said to me, oh, "But it's too complex." You know, you, you mentioned it's costly, um, and and I know you're involved in in a, in a project that's uh, the the Flemish government um, sponsored or sponsoring, where you're rolling out uh, aquaponic systems into uh, Soweto. I think is it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Soweto is in Deepslid specifically. Deepslid, okay. And um, that's currently our first project that we're tackling mm -hmm. and then and then further on we will um, grow out or expand the systems into different areas as well yeah great and uh, and well what's your early learnings on on those projects well firstly it's the training aspect is a bit difficult urban farming again it's you can you can quite put it in different scales urban farming on your balcony it's it's easy you can learn it from youtube mm -hmm. but if you're going into more specified producing food for a community yeah. or more than one household there's small techniques coming in there that youtube won't learn you mm -hmm. um and in that case this training is very important okay. now not all people in south africa has the same level of education or training or so so that makes the task even difficult more difficult or so mm -hmm. um so firstly that was the first thing we've experienced by rolling out mm -hmm. the systems and also in communities like this 
we struggle to get the the new technique of farming um people need to buy into that t- technique if people are not keen about using this technique also it's it's quite hard to make it a success story mm. um so firstly again urban farming is, is something quite new people aren't very comfortable with it definitely if you're an old traditional person mm. of your small vegetable garden for instance my grandma won't be comfortable with urban farming mm. she will rather choose her soil and her five or ten mm. um, bean plants and she will she will do that mm. so to get that mind shift for people that aquaponics or urban farming is the way to go in the near future mm. it's it's hard to to get that mind shift done by them by themselves and that they buy into the idea um but again training is important without mm. knowledge and without training the whole system can just collapse um again cost but i'm not going to talk about that well, again uh, you know and with your specific uh, uh, project what what's wonderful is because you got donor funding um i mean the 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 farmer uh doesn't pay for the yeah, outlay. Nothing. It's a magical <laughs> benefit to be in. Um, but yes, you know, and, and, and I agree with you. And I think also, you know, it's 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 uh, there's, there's there's quite a big responsibility uh, for that farmer that that's now producing for the community. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a you know just a quick chat uh, a couple of we- uh, two weeks ago with uh, Prof. Uh, Chris Willems from Belgium campus, and I know. Somebody that that uh, um, have helped you, and you've you've also helped him, and he's quite instrumental in in that aspect. And uh, he mentioned also that you know training, but that there's a management function that one shouldn't uh, disregard. You know, mm-hmm. and um, I think on on one of the previous episodes, we we basically came to the conclusion that you know it's it's uh, it's about see one do one teach one yeah yeah i think Um, it goes hand on hand in training and that mind shift mm. um if it's not managed the system won't grow you won't get new crops or Mm. seeds planted and plants harvested from your system so it's again people need to make the mind shift and take the initiative to manage your system Mm. um and to realize that it's not this system doesn't need weeding or doesn't um, need you to work with your hands in this muddy soil and bend over and get back pain or so. It's just standing up straight, working on this urban system um, or modular system. It's clean, um, no weeding, planting new seeds, harvesting the old. It it takes a, not a lot of labor, if I can say mm-hmm. that. It's, but if you think of the tunnels where the systems is placed in, that can be quite mm. hard because it mm. gets quite warm. Mm. But irrespective of, of that, the physical system doesn't need that much attention or that much management. So it's quite easy, straightforward. Mm. Feed the fish, harvest the plants, plant new seeds. That's that. And um, interesting also, you know, just, just on the on the, the fish feeding, uh, I remember when I started out as, as a hobbyist and probably many ways with regards to aquaponics, I still consider myself rather as a hobbyist. But, um, you know, you, 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 you rush out and you buy yourself a fish feeder and, you know, set it and, you know, there's, mm-hmm. there's and it's, it's, you know, something one can do. But um, 
uh, after you know the, the Lindsay Thermosaison uh, you know actually demonstrated it that uh, there's many factors that actually influence your your feeding system mm. and and I remember quite vividly you know he said the most important thing if you own an aquaponics system is don't delegate fish feeding yeah that's too much <laughs> obviously you can't do it all the time but fish generally don't you know they can go a couple of days without uh, food mm -mm. but um that is where you really see the health of the fish if they're not eating like they used to or mm. or sometimes you need to feed them more That's you know true. what what is the sort of general technique uh when it comes to fish feeding that i would definitely say i i always um put this parallel um if I'm hungry, I'm going to eat. My mother's mm. never going to force me to eat more mm. if I'm not hungry anymore. Mm. So we follow the same principle with the fish. Mm. Um, we feed, um, throw a scoop or a hand or so, and stand back. If they're eating aggressively, jumping out of the water about mm. eating, splatting everything, um, then you can give them another scoop or half scoop. If they're lit a little bit more relaxed, still some come up to the surface, take a few pallets or so, mm. then you know, okay, I can rather come and feed in an hour a half scoop again mm. and they will all they will eat all the pallets. Mm. Rather than feeding another scoop then directly after that and the food just drifts about on the surface mm. and you waste the food. So that's a principle we use and well it it sometimes it, it depends or well, sometimes we need to fish uh, feed a tank about 11 times a day mm. purely because they eat much less mm. um, at a specific time but at the end of the day they will eat the same amount mm. as if you're fe feeding them three times a day with a lot of amount of food mm. so that's just a technique we use mm. um, other people and other farmers use different techniques and what works for you is perfectly fine yeah. no, I think it I think it's just important for maybe somebody that that's not that familiar with uh, aquaculture is um, especially if there is perhaps a, a, a sick fish in your system um, you know those those the 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 feeding pellets uh, the food that that's not being eaten uh, aggravates mm. many mm -hmm. times that that fish condition so uh, yeah general rule is Never, never feed when they've stopped, or don't don't continue feeding once they've stopped eating. To, mm, yeah, true, disregarding true. quantity, <laughs> no great stuff. But I must say, just uh, it's a it's a special feeling uh, feeding your fish, and they go <laughs> into that feeding frenzy, and then they they look so happy, and uh, and 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 as time goes by, it's it's funny how. You know, they start recognizing you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, as you approach the tank, they yeah. just realize we're getting food and yeah. they <laughs> get so excited. If um, if we talk a little bit about the fish, what what is the general types of fish that, that's used in, in aquaponics? Well, currently any freshwater spe species can be used um, from ornamentals to fish to be to eat mm. um ornamentals like guppies koi yeah. guppies you're going to need a lot but yeah. <laughs> you can even use that yeah. um goldfish koi you can use any any freshwater fish mm. but currently um people are more going into the way of getting edible fish purely because they can sell that as mm. an ad additional income or so yeah. 
Um, the the top three that I can mention now is um, tilapia. Mm-hmm. Um, and now tilapia is a different a lot of different species. Um, like tilapia oricomus mozambicus or oricomus alaticus also. So either tilapia it works perfectly fine. Um, trout is also getting its way into the industry, although South Africa is a bit warm. Mm-hmm. But in some areas, and so you can do trout, and it works very good. Mm-hmm. So trout is also um, a very good source to use. And catfish, well, it can be used, but for aquaponics, it's not so common. Mm-hmm. I've heard of a few cases where they use catfish with aquaponics, but it's not so, so, can I say, everybody doesn't use it. It's mm-hmm. not that, that, mm-hmm. that popular. Um, and yeah, that's basically the top three fish that I can mention. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and, and I've eaten all three <laughs> from <laughs> aquaponic systems. Um, I must say, you know, one of the things that, that when I was introduced to do it um, and, and I asked, well, what fish do you use? And, and, and it took me a while to realize that, you know, your tilapia or your uh, macrobus uh, is is... is uh, in Afrikaans is the the blauwkerper of flykerper mm. you know it's it's a fish that I used to catch in the streams as a as a young boy um and I was just astonished yes uh, uh, actually a local South African or African fish that's uh, being acclaimed worldwide internationally mm-hmm. as one of the best eating fishes for, uh, on the, on the freshwater I mean let's agree you know sea fish is is the first <laughs> prize you know but there's not a lot of fish in the sea mm, anymore that's and true. and uh, but freshwater fish uh, if if uh, I'm not mistaken but I read a while back uh, after uh, salmon which some people will say is also a sea fish, but anyway, <laughs> of the salmon uh, and trout, tilapia is the first, third most consumed wow. uh, uh, fish worldwide. Yeah, yeah. And um, and we also had a bit of a chat with regards to um, you know South Africans. I always say South Africans is chicken eaters. We, <laughs> <laughs> we, if you go and look at the staple meat of the typical South African family, it tend to be chicken. You know? And there's nothing wrong with that. But if we look at north of our, our borders, north of the Zambezi, for example, um, up to all the way up to the Sahara, the staple food is actually fish. Mm, true. Uh, places like China, Korea, Vietnam, uh, those are, are fish-eating uh, nations. Oh, yeah. And um, and I often think that that there's a lot of room in in the South African culinary um, menu for for fish. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm I'm quite positive that I think tilapia is is becoming more popular. I know in my business there's more and more restaurants that that uh, that's offering it. Mm-hmm. And um, you know what? It's it's half of the price of trout <laughs> for the same <laughs> same weight. You know, so definitely something to consider. And um, and yeah, I'm 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 excited about the trout side of things because I know that the guys in Dolström and Machado Dorp and so on have have been battling the last couple of years due to climate change, due to the the increasing mm-hmm. temperatures. Um, I don't know how they do it. I'm still battling very <laughs> much to to cool my <laughs> my, my greenhouses down uh, in the summer months. Um, 
But again, trout is just such a spectacular quality control fish, you know, um, because it, it needs very good, well, oxygen, highly oxygenated uh, water. Not mm. true. Just maybe lastly on the um, uh, on the catfish uh, scenario. Um, uh, it's also interesting that that uh, you know the the my the perception often is no but catfish tastes like mud you know <laughs> I don't know exactly where it came from well actually uh, reading up on well what do you think is is, is well that? definitely any fish that grows or lived in a in a normal dam mm. river system or so um, the water tastes the water is a bit muddier so the mm. fish consumes that water it goes through the gills and obviously the meat is going to taste a bit more like mud mm. so that's where the perception is coming from that those fish taste like mud mm. but if you're filming in an aquaculture system and you don't even have any mud or soil or mm. ground or anything in your mm. system the f the the f the meat of the fish is just something else compared to what is naturally found in mm. water systems mm. also so that's my my opinion about that what what i think mm. where the where the perspe perception, perception is cancer. coming from yeah but yes yeah mm. yeah i must say i'm i've uh, i really think you're the uh, well the catfish uh, products that you sell in, in in your shop is divine I mean, <laughs> burgers is something yeah. else it's really nice um if we maybe just talk a little bit around uh where do you think where do you think aquaponics per se is is heading to in in south africa aquaponics is a very big potential um specifically in south africa it's the sky is the limit um we have a lot of land, so it's possible to farm very intensively with aquaponics. But the only thing is, well, the only thing that's quite holding us back is the perception of of people in South Africa. People aren't in that in that state yet that they want to take this mind shift and do this new technique. Um, again, I said um, South Africa has very vast stretches of land. That's why people rather choose to do traditional farming mm -hmm. um, on a commercial scale ra rather than doing aquaponics because why do aquaponics? We have the space. Um, but aquaponics is just a way to save so much water and, 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 and. Um, so definitely there's a big potential, but people need to make the mind shift to mm -hmm. to walk, to work to, towards that, let's say, goal to get it so green as possible to reduce the carbon footprints and etc well I, I think maybe two two comments that i'd like you just elaborate on is um uh, i mean on, on on the way yeah i mentioned to you the the cuban system where uh, agriculture in cuba failed dismally after uh, at the end of the cold war when 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 russia basically stopped their, their subsidies and um and but fortunately the cubans didn't die of hunger because what happened is micro farms closer to the city sprang up mm -hmm. and um and i think you know that is that is one of the things that, like you say yes uh, fortunately south africa has got a lot of uh, land but we're in a very dry country mm -hmm. generally i mean we 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 we've 
been able to to uh, survive many years with very little water if you compare us to North America or Europe or New Zealand or such a such a place that that's got water abundance so um I think that that's quite important, don't you think? The, mm, the fact definitely. that it's a new type of farming. Mm-mm. Yeah. And and what water does you know? How much water do you need? Is it is a very water intensive aquaponic system? Well, you need a lot of water once off, um, but after that, you reuse the same water again and again and again. So it's not necessary that you. Um, use constantly a lot of water it just depends on the heat and how much water is evaporating or so um so it's it's i would say you save some water by reusing the same water but you do need a lot of water or a specific amount of water once off well i think even calculated in in that um uh, what I, well, what I've read up, uh, you maybe can just verify this, uh, is is once your system is, is going, you lose less than 5% of your water to plant and uh, evaporation. Uh, is that a statistic? Mm, that, I, uh, you know? I think it's possible, definitely. And then, um, and then, even you know what, I, what I'm I'm trying to calculate, or let's put it this way, very uh, beginning phase <laughs> research around this is that uh, even if you introduce your first uh, mass use of of water um, over a period of a year, you 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 still use twenty percent less mm. water. Um, Definitely. Oh, sorry, eighty percent less. Water. Yeah, well, that's possible. Yeah, 80% less water. So that, um, I think from, from, from that point of view, and, and then you know, the, the other major cost driver in, in agriculture is, is energy. Mm. I mean, you need a lot of energy uh, to drive your pumps, to drive you know, water irrigation, to uh, diesel in terms of going out to the fields, etc., with aquaponics, how's the energy utilization? Well, definitely it's quite high because you have all these pumps pumping water from the one side to the other side. Um, so it depends on the pump you're using. Mm. If, if you're using a high energy driven pump, mm. your energy is going to be much more. But nowadays we're getting technology where the pump is quite is using much less energy. Mm. So it's you can quite put it on a scale and see where it balances out. But it can be high if you're using high um, energy driven pumps. It can be low if you're using low energy driven pumps. Well, I, I think... Uh it's it's compared to a um a traditional system of of transporting water let's say 300 meters through pipes etc uh yeah you circulating water mm. and um i've just found that that it's like you say i mean especially in the last two years the energy consumptions on these pumps have just dropped amazingly also, the utilization of uh, of of renewable energy, uh, solar and wind. Have you seen? I know your hatchery, for example, is on solar. Uh, what um, and uh, is that? That to me is also also a very uh, important consideration. I think if you start such a system, I mean, those pumps can run off mm-hmm. one solar panel, for example. It's very it's very possible. It's it's just expensive. 
Mm. Yeah, um, the salary that is that is cost, quite yeah. the, the biggest disadvantage. Mm. I would love to put everything on solar and on additional en- mm. energy sources, but it's expensive to implement systems like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the solar b- debate is, fortunately, as I understand, solar cost is coming down. So, mm. um, Rika Lees, uh, I think I want to elaborate a little bit around uh, the, the, the the urban farming solution because, I mean, you've designed together with your father a number of systems, um, but you've got a specific, I think, a patent on, on your Loppies system. Uh, how does that work? Talk us through through the Loppies system a bit. So the Loppies system is a trademark. Mm. Um, so basically it's a small modular aquaponic system um, whereas you have a 1,500 litres container where you put your fish in, so that would be basically the fish tank. And then you have three grow beds that's placed on top of this tank. The grow bed is filled with rocks, so it's an aggregate grow bed. And you have a pump pumping the water from the fish tank to the grow beds, constantly circulating through the grow, grow beds back to the fish tank. And this is a purely aquaponic system by himself. A system like this can sustain a household between four to six people on a constant base. Um, now, the the biggest thing of the system is it wasn't designed for food production. Um, for, for, for food production, you need a commercial system. But the system is rather a sustainable system to sustain households producing vegetables and herbs and even fruit or whatever um, out of the system so that they can sustain themselves. And about with that about 100 plants can be harvested um, per month and every second week two fish can be harvested um so one fish per week now if in a household it can be a bit challenging um again the the system is that's what the system can produce and without that it's a bit out of balance so the whole system is in balance um, each one helping the other um, and it's it, it doesn't need a high level of education so you put the system down you feed the fish every second day of once a day or how you ever decide and you harvest your vegetables plant new s- seeds or seedlings um, and this is system just sustain himself great well and and, and what sort of Square meters, how oh, many yeah. square um, meters do you need? For so the system consists out of three by three meters. Three by three. So it's, it's, well, and it can fit in a garage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's amazing. And and talking about fitting in the garage, I mean, you've uh, you've done experiments with, with uh, light. Yeah, we also have lights available that yeah. you can place inside, indoors. Yeah. Um, now there's a quite big spectrum of all the different lights for this area and this angle and so yeah. and so, um, but yeah, it's even possible to do it indoors. You don't. Yeah. That's also a big advantage of uh, urban farming. It doesn't need to be outdoors. Yeah. It can be done indoors, indoors as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's magnificent, and uh, and I think an important thing, and, and and we want to elaborate a little bit more on that next week is your control systems and so on, but, but you've through the, um, it's the Belgium campus university. You know, it's, if they've, they've developed a, a app fishify that, that, uh, if I'm right, that, that helps you manage the system. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you want to elaborate a bit on, on fishify? Um, so fishify is basically a platform that's been created as a monitoring system. 
um, it is created to input or insert data data into the system. Um, if you have electronic um, measurements, measurements in kits that you measure the ammonia and the temperature and the oxygen and etc. from your system, it can directly send all the info to the app and the app automatically draw graphs to determine what is the quality, how stable it is and so. Um, basically from that you can also communicate with staff on the premises. Now I'm speaking now from a commercial aspect. Yeah, yeah. Um, a hobbyist is also quite easy. You can insert, all right, today I need to um, harvest my new my spinach and I need to plot new spinach and you can see the grow curve of the plants and so. Um, and then further on with the hobbyist, it it gives guidelines. For instance, if the pH is too high, it tells you, all right, it's too high, you need to do this and this and this and this. Um, so it's it's a basic bu guideline, but also a basic source where you can gather data and store it for further research or uh, use it in a different way or etc. Great. Look, I think the the value of of that gathering that information is just absolutely superb and and, and this uh, fishify it's it's on the uh, ios apple yeah, and all and, platforms and yeah. all platforms and so on um and and i think that's one of the benefits if you do buy the lappy system you get access to that for free mm, no? mm, all right yeah no good luck i think that's magnificent i i use it and again, I think it's it's the important thing, you know, as we 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 touched on on training, uh, and uh, you know, a habit is one of those things that that tend to form after. I think <laughs> Stephen Covey said after twenty one consecutive actions, a habit is formed, you know, and um, that's that's really, you know, if if somebody's listening to this and and is uh, starting his his first aquaponics system, get into that habit. That's really the <laughs> thing that just makes all the difference, you know. Mm -hmm. Anything, you know, if if things do go south uh, with your system, plants don't grow, fish die. Is there sort of a general quick diagnostic? thing that you can advise people <laughs> is it complex how how do, how do people handle or let's put it this this way why do you think sometimes systems don't work um purely because people don't have enough knowledge um i've seen that in cases where people jump into the system we're going to become fish farmers and they don't know nothing about mm. the fish or anything that research hasn't been done and then we it's it's quite um we see that the system just fails and so um but further on if there's a quick uh, if a solution i would first say look at the water temperature yeah. water temperature, yeah, temperature plays yeah. quite a big role in the fish as well as in the plants so it that was the first thing i would say um but then after that knowledge and training and have you done your homework well enough to know that you can do this in your sleep. Mm. Yeah, well. And I think that the important thing is, I mean, you, you're still a scholar, you're still a school-going <laughs> person, you know, and, and you've actually through technology and through good quality control and training systems and so on have, have been able to to be a fish farmer while, while at school. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Is it, you know, I mean, something that 
the monitoring of that just second nature or was it still very time consuming for sometimes you? it's a bit frustrating okay, <laughs> I <can imagine> um that. <laughs> but it it became a habit mm-hmm. it's now part of a schedule you need to do this um but also i have staff that has been trained mm-hmm. so i leave it in their hands um if there's a problem they will tell me about it, but maybe only in a week's time. And they, they will it. already fix yeah, it, sort yeah. it out, everything. Um, so that also helps uh, if you have trustworthy staff. Um, it, it, it's some, it's easy, but sometimes it's it's a bit frustrating. Yeah. Well, I I just think uh, there's there's maybe a, a wonderful opportunity for for somebody listening, yes, to to maybe link. The aquaponics system to a general business system and the lessons that one can learn uh, and and uh, transpose or, or extrapolate uh, from the one to the other because that that's really what what you've done is you you've empowered your staff to take action to mm-hmm. take corrective action um, and to keep populating your your database so that you yeah, you, yeah. you can have almost remote control you know. Rikilizma, that's that's wonderful, and I think next week we're gonna we're gonna elaborate a little bit on agri tech. You know what what's where this can go because it is a very it is a it's not a it's not a new technology aquaponics. It was used five thousand years ago in in China already, but yeah. <laughs> but the 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 way in which I think it's being used now in the urban environment and and the leading role that uh, you and your family is playing in that is uh i think we we need to stand still on that a little bit because <laughs> i really think uh uh it's it's a it's a wonderful solution you know maybe if if we can sort of wrap it up with with a summary um what what would you like to say as a as a summary urban farming definitely has a, a great future in south africa um people just need to think a bit different about it and be more open-minded um rather see see the the solutions that can come from that um yeah that's that's definitely a conclusion that i can make yeah no wonderful and and thank you very much for the the leading role you're playing in 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 that and uh, maybe from my side just to conclude you know a lot of lot of questions that and one you know one of the specific questions that we've we've got when uh, we said on Facebook we we're going to talk about aquaculture, is um, is it is it sustainable? Is it economically viable? Well, depends on how big your system is, yeah. um, what fish you're using, where it's um, situated, all those different aspects. Mm. But if you're looking at if your homework has been done thoroughly and you've done all the processes this fish this amount of water this is what my system is going to cost then definitely yes Mm. um but if you haven't done that then you might struggle Mm. well yeah i think i think maybe two points one is is that if you what did you mention five five veggies and one fish per week out of a you know three square meter surface um you know that's going to give you a return on investment of between 18 and 20 maybe 24 months you know uh, just by virtue of not buying that at a at a store um 
So yeah, there's 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 different ways probably to mm. to to, to look at the return on investment. I, I'd like to to summarize by you know sort of taking four elements. I think out of our discussion, what I've learned is um, you've got environmental control. You can actually put an aquaponics system in house in a basement in a garage whatever on a balcony can use a wall um you know there, there, there's 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 a lot of methods that you can actually overcome the the the, the problem that we have in agriculture in south africa namely water um, because you using the same water over and over you're economically daring and you can put it in a place where otherwise plants wouldn't have grown you know so i think i think that is a that's a wonderful thing the, the second sort of mind blow for me is this is probably the only uh, uh, model in agriculture where you make money out of your fertilizer. <laughs> it's not a cost. It's actually a profit center. <laughs> so your fish obviously being the fertilizer. Um, and, 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 and that, I mean, that's, that's, that's one of the important things is, is understand what you're feeding the fish and make sure that the f- fish, when you sell them or utilize them, covers that cost. Mm-mm. There we go. Yeah. And then I think the, the, the energy consumption aspect that you can, you know, can optimize that. And, and, and lastly, just because you're getting superior yield per square meter and because there's no weeding and additional uh, uh, labor-intensive uh, tasks, your labor costs or it's time that you mm. utilize is significantly lower. True, so. Yeah. So I think, you know, there's a lot of ways in which you should look at it. But I, I, I think one of the factors that, that urban farmers should not forget is that it's a very economical model from a, from a time consumption point of view, um, aquaponics. Rickles, next week we're going to delve a little bit more into some of the scientific research you've done and uh, we're going to look a little bit more on, on, on some of the learnings and um, uh, advice that you'd like to give uh, urban farmers. Uh, but at this stage, thank you so much for, uh, for joining me. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you very much for listening. If you haven't done so already, please hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, uh, click the link on Facebook where you can review us and tell us what content you'd like. We aim to bring you the very best in content. Thank you very much. This is Chris Late signing out. Until next time, keep farming.